for Pacifica Radio, February 16th, 2023. I'm Scott Horton. This is Anti-War Radio. All right, y'all, welcome to the show that is Anti-War Radio. I'm your host, Scott Horton, editorial director of Antiwar.com and editor of the new book, Hotter Than the Sun, Time to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. You can find my full interview archive, more than 5,800 of them now, going back to 2003 at scotthorton.org. And you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Horton Show. All right, and today's guest is Max Blumenthal. He's the editor of The Gray Zone at thegrayzone.com, and that's a great collection of journalists there. And Max, my friend, you are one of the main reasons I can't wait for the anti-war protest in Washington, D.C. this Sunday. My chance to shake your hand again, but also to watch you give a speech. And I saw you give a barn burner off the cuff uh, about a year and a half ago at an (laughs) anti-war protest. That was just great. So, you know, if that kind of energy can set the mood for this event this Sunday at the Lincoln Memorial in D.C., it's going to really be something else, man. So really looking forward to that. Me too. I mean, it's going to be me, you, and like 57 other people. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I And, you know, I like the sound of my own voice, but I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. And I hope everybody else does too, because we also have a march afterwards and we just need to send a strong message to change the strategic calculus of the war state that people actually are fed up with this whole operation. And so the more we can show, uh, you know, that we're getting offline and showing up at the Lincoln Memorial, I think the more we can start to get into the heads of the war planners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what this is all about. And I know that in a sense, it's kind of a fool's errand to coin a phrase to do a radio show in Los Angeles about why people need to spend a bunch of money to get on a plane and go all the way to D.C. for the weekend. But I think this one's really important, and I think turnout is everything, and we really have to demonstrate to the foreign policy establishment that they don't have a blank check to do what they want here. The American people do not agree. We want to see an end of this conflict. We want negotiations now on our timetable, not theirs. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in Los Angeles and you can't make it to Washington on February 19th to the Lincoln Memorial, I, my first protests against any war were outside the federal building in Westwood in Los Angeles because mm-hmm. I used to live out there. Get 10 people together, 20, 100, I don't know, maybe 1,000 people show up, but just a few people showing up at the federal building. There's going to be rallies across the country in solidarity with what we're doing in Washington. And that it's that show of popular force that's needed. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact... Uh, I'm paging down the Twitter account. The handle is Rage Against War underscore on Twitter. And I know that they had a tweet just recently here about the sister rallies that they're having around the country. There are a lot of people, of course, who want to, you know, chip in and do their part, but can't travel all the way to Washington, D.C. for obvious, you know, numbers of reasons. But Hey, wherever you are, I mean, go down to wherever they hold protests. If you live in a capital city in one of the states, uh, let's for now, uh, while I see if I can find that, uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the other speakers that are going to be at this event? I mean, the Lincoln Memorial, this is, I guess we're all going to be standing in the spot where Martin Luther King gave the, I have a dream speech. And it's kind of a big deal. It looks like. 
Well, a friend of mine just spoke to the UN Security Council. And uh, so we were talking on the phone the other day about his speech and about the US and its allies, their delegations actually attacking him. And I said, you know, maybe we could play a portion of that speech at our rally, or maybe you could deliver a message there. And he said, okay. And now he's just announced his participation and that's Roger Waters. So Roger Waters, Pink Floyd founder will be delivering a special appearance on February 19th. I'll be there. My very close colleague, Anya Parampil from the gray zone is going to be there. Chris Hedge is kind of like the closest we have to a kind of American transcendentalist anti-war preacher. He'll be there. We'll have Garland Nixon, who's also at Pacifica there. We'll have Kim Iverson, who's also out in LA there. We, I don't have a speaker's list in front of me. Um, oh, I but, do. I'll chime in one more. <clears throat> Cynthia McKinney and Anne Wright, the great uh, former ambassador Anne Wright. And yeah, of course, my hero, the great Ron Paul. But yeah, his, Ron Paul. Well, is Ron Paul coming in person? Because that's yes, sir, he is. is. Yeah, he so is. Ron Paul, how old is he right now? Uh, he's 87 years old. And, so Ron Paul's 87. He doesn't do a lot of in person stuff. And he, it's so important to him. This rally is so important to him and the cause that it represents that he's actually coming out from Texas to be there in person. So yeah, absolutely. that's amazing. Dennis Kucinich. Yeah. And see, they're all was, friends too in the Congress. They used to work together all the time on anti-war stuff, anti-torture, anti-spying, any kind of civil liberties issues, yep. any of those things. Yeah. So they this fought is really going to be Patriot great to Act. see them reunited again up there, you know? Yeah. I mean, so Dennis Kucinich and Tulsi Gabbard were the last people I can remember running in the Democratic primary on a remotely anti-war platform. So Tulsi Gabbard will be there too. She's since left the pro-war Democratic Party. Then my friend Jimmy Dore, also at I think he's MCing resident. the thing, right? Or Jimmy sure. Dore, I know he's going to be front and center there. Yeah. And uh, Oh, and the great David Swanson, who's a you know, long time. I mean, he goes back yeah. to at least, remember, after Downing Street, when the Downing Street memos came out. That said, oh, yeah, we knew we were lying to the end of war in Iraq uh, 20 years ago. He set up that great website about, okay, time to impeach and remove these guys from power now. And he's been doing a great, he wrote a book called War is a Lie, about how they lied to you into all of the wars. And he's just a right. great, dedicated anti-war activist from, yeah, he's sure from he's, L.A., right? Yeah, well, David Swanson's down in Charlottesville, Virginia, and he oh, okay. is always involved in every grassroots anti-war action that I can think of on the East Coast and especially in the DC area. Daniel McAdams, who works with Ron Paul at the Ron Paul Institute, mm. is going to be there. And he's, you know, I consider him and you to be the leading libertarian anti-war voices um, along with Ron Paul. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Good friend. Wu-Tang Affiliate Supreme is performing. And then Jill Stein, who was the Green Party candidate for president, after a really contentious Green Party vote on whether to support the rally, is going to be there. And unfortunately, Medea Benjamin won't be speaking, though she'll be in the crowd. This is the Code Pink founder, the person that, you know, if you've seen any war criminal get interrupted or heckled in public, she's probably involved. Yeah. And she's not allowed to speak because for some reason, you know, hold that thought for one second, Max. (laughs) Let let me mention real quick, my buddy, Dan McKnight, the founder of Bring Our Troops Home who's pushing this defend the guard movement around the country to make it illegal for the governors to give up their guard forces to the president for use in war without an official declaration of war, which of course means never. So that's going to be a really important speech. And they just had a big victory yesterday in Arizona. In fact, 
Um, well, they got it out of committee, which is a big first. But anyway, talk to me a little bit more about what's going on, uh, Max Blumenthal, on the left. And of course, there are a lot of different shades of liberal, progressive, and a million different kinds of leftists, of course, and different factions and disagreements. But it does seem odd that Medea Benjamin, the heroic, what I, I hate to say it like this, but it just fits, energizer bunny of anti-war activism <laughs> for the last 20 years straight, who I have so much respect for the work that she's done this whole time. And somehow she was on the list to speak. And I think she wants to speak, but is there's a whole faction fight. You mentioned the Green Party, too. Uh, why can't we get together and do a big anti-war protest, Max? Yeah, we should just all get together and do a big anti-war protest. It should seem pretty simple. Unfortunately, and this is a huge problem within the left, there are sectarian elements that want to be in control, and they will only accept a certain ideological flavor, which means that every speaker has to sign off on a laundry list of boutique social issues before they can be accepted to speak. And because certain speakers weren't able to do that on, for example, gender ideology, Medea's staff at Code Pink, the particularly the millennial staffers who have no real record that can stand up to her as of anti-war activism, have pushed her to pull out. And it's not just the Code Pink staff, it's sectarian organizations that think have claimed to uphold the mantle of the anti-war movement to hold the banner of the anti-war movement have pressured her to pull out and they've pressured they've attempted to depress turnout to this anti-war rally and are starting to organize a series of marginal parallel events to sap energy from what could possibly be i think what could likely be the largest anti-war rally since the major 2003 rallies against the war in iraq and this is uh, Scott, coming at a time when there's a Democratic president, and it's typically people on the left who protest wars, so they'd be protesting yeah. a Democratic president. And it's not the kind of war like Iraq where you have Americans coming back with their legs blown off or they're in coffins draped in American flags. It's a proxy war. So naturally, there'll be less protest, but this could be a watershed moment. And you have these sectarian elements who are attacking it. And I think that really reflects on them and what their true priorities are and where the American left is going. Yeah. Uh, and as someone who comes from the American left, it's really depressing, but I'm fed up and I want to see what kind of energy we can bring out of this to maybe mobilize something new and, and, and breathe some new life into this moribund, ossified movement. Yeah. Well, I'm sure hoping for the best here, but yeah, it really is a tragedy because the truth is we need them. I mean, I went to the protests here in Austin in uh, February 15th and March 15th of 2003, 20 years ago, to try to stop that war last-ditch effort. And there are 50,000 people out there. And I remember then, and I'm from Austin my whole life long, and I remember thinking, where did all of these left-wing kids come from? My goodness, oh, they bust them in from somewhere? I don't know. And it yeah. was the email lists of the leftist groups. That's what it was. And they yeah, were all on. together. Let's all do this together. And that's what made the difference. We need them so bad, Max. Yeah, we do. And, you know, there's just a lack of education about American imperialism within activist circles now. Uh, there's just a disproportionate focus on the kind of social issues that really divide people along partisan lines. And it's done by design because yeah. the activist groups are 
increasingly astroturfed, backed by elite elements. I mean, move on that brought out the troops for those big anti-war rallies. What are they but a Democratic Party hack operation that now will never say a word against a war, especially under a Democratic president? Mm -hmm. So more and more people, though, if you look at polls, they're fed up with Biden and Trump. They're fed up with Republican and Democrat. They're more independent minded and they're willing to look past partisanship and focus on issues. And they need to understand this issue transcends everything else because it's about civilizational survival. If you understand the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines, what it has done to the quality of life that working class Europeans enjoy, what it will do to diplomatic relations between Germany and Russia, two countries whose conflict brought the world into another devastating war, what the possibility of nuclear war is at this point as the U.S. seeks to escalate and there's pressure to attempt to retake Crimea, which is a huge red line for Russia. If Americans can understand these issues better, then they'll put aside their differences because they don't. nobody wants to see nuclear escalation. And most people don't want to see the money that they've been working so hard for, working in the gig economy, working two or three jobs, in it, with all this inflation going into the hands of Ukrainian warlords and Nazis. And that's precisely where it's going. No one even knows where the money is going. Yeah. It's $100 billion at this point. So people need to get fed up. They need to rage against the war machine. And one other point, because you know a lot of people I know in left activist circles, they're like, we, we, we can't join with libertarians because they're, they're fascists. Or Ron Paul had these nasty newsletters years ago. Okay, well, I don't agree with libertarians about the role of government in mitigating the forces of the market economy. Ron Paul is the leading libertarian, leading voice of libertarianism in this country, as far as I can tell. Damn was man. Ron Paul a racist? Well, those newsletters were disgusting. Well, but Ron Paul, I hit, and yeah, yeah, it was his people who didn't write them, but it has name on the banner. Ron Paul also was an opponent of the drug war. Ron Paul was one of the few people who was fighting for civil liberties that Joe Biden was fighting against. And what did the wh where what did Joe Biden do? He authored the crime bill that destroyed black communities. It ravaged black communities. And we see so many of these left activist organizations falling in line behind every move that put Joe Biden into the White House. Bernie Sanders endorsed Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders campaigned for Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders laid down and died for Joe Biden in, a in the, their last debate. So who are we to pull out from a rally that features an 87-year-old Ron Paul who's no longer in office when we have allowed into the White House someone who is personally devastated communities of color or communities across this country by with the stroke of a pen? I don't think people have the right to judge if they haven't been opposing what both parties have been doing. Hey guys, Scott here for Leo Hamill Fine Jewelers out of San Diego at JewelryStoreSD.com. They do business nationwide. They sell jewelry and watches, specializing in engagement rings. You know, in case you're in love with somebody. They also specialize in one-of-a-kind vintage and antique jewelry, fully serviced pre-owned fine watches, such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Cartier, and any high-end brand. Leos also services high-end watches faster and cheaper than going to a factory service center. Leos takes all the stress out of shopping for jewelry and engagement rings, and always at the right price. They deal nationwide over the phone at 
299-1500. That's Leo Hamill Fine Jewelers out of San Diego. Go to JewelryStoreSD.com to check out their fine selection and to find out more. Hey, y'all, you should sign up for my Substack. It's ScottHortonShow.Substack.com. And if you do that, you'll get the interviews a day before everybody else. But not only that, they'll be free of commercials. How do you like that? Pretty good, huh? ScottHortonShow.Substack.com. Hey, y'all, LibertasBella.com is where you get Scott Horton Show and Libertarian Institute shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and stickers and things, including the great Top Lobsters designs as well. See, that way it says on your shirt why you're so smart. Libertas Bella, from the same great folks who bring you Ammo.com for all your ammunition needs, too. That's LibertasBella.com. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, look, if he'd won in 2008, the drug wars and the empire in the Middle East and in Europe and in Asia would have been long gone by now. Even with President Biden, wouldn't be able to rebuild the empire now. Yeah, I mean, that was the language of the the activist left in the anti-war movement throughout the 2000s was end these racist wars. The Afghan war was a racist war. The Iraq war was a racist war. And I would agree there was an element of racism in the way that the war was sold to the American public. And there was really one candidate consistently on the debate stage who was opposing those wars as his main issue. And it was Ron Paul. So for people to just pull out because they disagree with Ron Paul on other issues, when this rally is not about that, just displays the most cynical level of narcissism I mean, and and then if you look at the speakers list, most of them come from the left. Oh, by far. Yeah. Absolutely. So if we can't, and a lot of really great ones petty, too, you know, if we can't put aside these petty differences, these I people mean, can't let put this all to ask themselves. I think I probably put you in this position at one point. Why does this libertarian like me so much? Why do us libertarians pay you leftists who are so good on foreign policy so much respect? It's because we really care about that stuff and we want to work with you on it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's typically not the libertarians who are putting up these impossible litmus tests for everyone and excluding everyone. It's coming from the, what I call the professional sectarian left. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny because if you look at like the parallel, you know, Jack Kennedy was handsome and all of that. He could have gotten away with Vietnam. He was Barack Obama, right? But Joe Biden is LBJ. He doesn't have any charisma at all. Not as far as like, you know, the young new left, you know, sees it or whatever. So how's he getting away with what is understandable that Obama was able to get away with in a horrible way? But he's getting away with it. Joe Biden, man, come on. Hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? That's not hard, even though he's a Democrat. That's not hard when he's a guy like this. As you said, a guy who's been a far right winger on every domestic policy that you guys hate. And every foreign policy. I mean, he was leading the way. He was this Senate foreign relations chair whipping the vote for the Iraq war. He was bragging about bombing the bridges in Serbia and taking out electrical plants, committing acts of state terror in Serbia from the from his committee chair in public. I mean, this is a real warmonger. And so to, how did we let this happen? How are we letting this happen, that Biden is getting away with this? Just a lack of seriousness and Trump derangement syndrome, the fear that Mm -hmm. if we attack Biden too hard or obstruct him too much, that a fascist will come in and put everyone in concentration camps and kill them all. I mean, that's the 
the constant mantra we hear the Trump fascism will come back. So we ultimately need to just hold our nose and support the Democrats. But this isn't about partisan politics. This is about something much bigger. It's people coming together, mostly from independent political backgrounds and honestly, mostly from the left at a rally that was substantially planned with support from the Libertarian Party. They're welcoming the left in. And there's, I just see no reason not to maximize our numbers. Just get as many people out there as possible. Let the war planners see how many people are right there in the heart of their imperial capital. They're not supposed to be there. This is not supposed to be happening. Let them see 10,000 people there and wonder how much longer can they continue to ship weapons to Ukraine, continue to push for escalation yep. when the strategic calculus at home is changing. Yep. All right. So listen, Radio audience in Los Angeles, I know times are tight. I mean, inflation's got us all, and a lot of people are out of work. And if this ain't you, I'm sorry. But there are some people listening today who are of means, who do have the ability to spend a couple of grand to fly to Washington and get a hotel room for a night and come out and be a part of this protest, maybe even bring a few of your friends if that's possible. Otherwise, figure it out. Oh, in fact, I did find it right after I said I was going to and didn't. I did find the list of sister rallies here, uh, Max. So uh, let me see if Los Angeles is on the list. There's uh, Corvallis, Oregon, Ann Arbor, Michigan. And yes, there is uh, in L.A. at 11 a.m. on South Figueroa and 7th Street. And if you just go to rageagainstwar.com slash rallies, they have all the sister rallies there for you. So please, if you can, try to come out to D.C. It's going to be at the Lincoln Memorial. It's going to be really an event. It's really going to be great. And But but otherwise, please go and, and make your presence felt in L.A. if you can, too. That's, again, at South Figueroa and 7th Street. It's the 18th. It's this Saturday. At 11 a.m. is the sister rally in L.A. So maybe that'll be a nice little litmus test for uh, excitement and support on this thing. See if people can come out to that. It's 11 a.m. All right. So Max Blumenthal from the gray zone talking about this great coalition effort to hold this uh, big anti-war rally in Washington, D.C. This Sunday, February the 19th at the Lincoln Memorial it's Rage Against the War Machine, rageagainstwar.com. And as we were talking about before, there's just this really great list of speakers. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Dore is hosting the thing. And then Ron Paul, Dennis Kucinich, and Tulsi Gabbard are the main headliners. Max and myself, Cynthia McKinney, Ann Wright, Chris Hedges, Roger Waters is doing a video appearance. Of course, uh, David Swanson, Daniel McAdams, Garland Nixon, um, Max's uh, beautiful wife, Anya Parampil, and uh, Dan McKnight, Jill Stein, and many others. So it's going to be a really great event. I'm almost certain of it, but uh, really want to work on that turnout. So, you know, if, if you can swing it, then try to swing it. Rage Against War at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. And so... I don't know. I think now maybe, Max, I should ask you, uh, what other things are you working on there at the Gray Zone? You guys do. If you guys aren't familiar with the Gray Zone, I know there's a lot of independent media out there for you to consume. But this is Max Blumenthal and Aaron Maté and the very best of investigative reporting from 
uh, alternative left media here. So uh, what all you got going on there lately and coming up, Max? So yeah, Scott, I know you're interviewing Kit Clarenberg. He's our contributor. He's basically our UK intelligence correspondent. He has an incredible piece up on our site about Canadian UN peacekeeper leaks, which exposed the false flags, weapons dealings, and US CIA support for jihadists in the Bosnian conflict. This oh, piece it's went so good. Right up my alley. I was just writing about Bosnia when that came out too. I'm like, all right, this is so good. It really opened my eyes uh, tell you what, you know, to a conflict that took place when I was a teenager. So I wasn't it, completely conscious of what was see, taking place. That's just place. like me. I was good on Kosovo, but Bosnia was, I was not quite there yet. You know, what's really good to read about that is Edward S. Herman in uh, Monthly Review, the guy that co-authored Manufacturing yeah. Consent with Noam Chomsky. Edward S. Herman has this like three, four part series. Man, it will set you straight on Bosnia. So good. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm pulling it up right now. Well, I mean, what also what was also so important about that piece was how it lays out the blueprint for so many subsequent dirty wars. Oh, yeah. Libya, Syria, uh, a lot of and what we're back seeing. back in Bin Ukraine. Laden the whole damn time. Yep. 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 The, the, uh, the golden chain. Or- and look, you had this great one, too, about this lady who, uh, Natalie Jaresko. I know I'm going back a couple of months here. But this total corruption of this American put in charge of Ukraine's finances yeah. just long enough to gangsterize them out of some money and then run away again. Did I sum that up about right? Yeah, I, I encountered her outside Zelensky's speech. Uh, she was leading the Ukrainian diaspora delegation. And so and she was I, when I started confronting them about Zelensky and his speech to Congress asking for more weapons and more of our money to escalate a war and potentially go nuclear. She was the main person arguing with me, hitting all the talking points. And you're like, hey, I know you. <laughs> and then I, I, well, I, I realized who she was afterwards. And she was basically put in charge of the post-Maidan economy in Ukraine, which meant creating a giant debt trap for Ukrainians, putting them all on austerity and bringing in all these creditors while kneecapping the average Ukrainian, reducing their salary selling off public assets, reducing benefits, and creating this migration crisis. I mean, you hear constantly about Ukrainian refugees now, but people don't know that before this war began in February 2022, Ukraine already had 3 million migrants who have left the country. It's the largest migrant outflow of any country in Europe, and it's actually larger per the population than Venezuela's. That's Natalie Juresko's handiwork as this sort of a corporate raider. And then what what was she rewarded with? She was put on the board of uh, PROMESA, the what they call La Junta in Puerto Rico, which was the federal board instituted after Hurricane Maria came through like a nuclear bomb on Puerto Rico to basically create a debt trap for Puerto Ricans, sell off their public assets and privatize the economy. And Puerto Rican standard of living has decreased drastically since that unelected, completely undemocratic federal board was imposed on them with Natalie Juresko, corporate hit woman, put in charge. And so now, now I, that's how I encountered her. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're constantly coming in with new stories. We have a three-part series from Anya Parampil on the person who's considered the leading white nationalist in America, who's running a kind of quasi-America first operation, but he's also going after uh, 
anti-war or national security state critics within the America First movement because he uh, is upset that they are not white nationalists or Christian nationalists too. He's personally responsible for taking out Joe Kent in uh, suburban Portland in one of the key congressional districts. And so she probed uh, into the background of this character and found some very shady elements, uh, raises a lot of questions about who he is and what his real agenda is. But the media has painted this character, Nick Fuentes, Nicholas Fuentes, as an ally of Trump because he had an impromptu dinner with him alongside Kanye West. The reality is Nick Fuentes wants to make Trump's life miserable because Trump has renounced him and white nationalism. And he is out to get Marjorie Taylor Greene as well, who's been a critic of the Ukraine proxy war. He's basically the worst nightmare of any America first elected official. And these, I totally disagree with them about pretty much every domestic issue. I disagree with them on China, but this tiny little caucus, this America first caucus is leading the fight to defund the Ukraine proxy war, as we see with Matt Gates's Ukraine, what is it? The Ukraine Exhaustion Act. Matt Gates is actually trying to defund this war. So it's really interesting to explore these dynamics and the fissures on the American right. And Anya's doing that in this three-part investigation. It's the only piece on Nick Fuentes that has actually forced him to respond. Hmm. Uh, and so we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're covering so many different issues. Yeah, that'll be uh, interesting. We have more coming from Kit Clarenberg. We have more leaks. And uh, me and Aaron Mate are working on an investigation that I won't reveal, but we have some really important leaks on some organizations that should not be receiving earthquake aid after this horrible earthquake in Syria and Turkey. Ah, yeah, that's going to be an important one. I already know where you're going with that, Blumenthal. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, Look, we're out of time here, but that's the great Max Blumenthal, and he gives a hell of a speech, man. I've seen it before. So come on out, if at all possible, please come on out to the Lincoln Memorial this Sunday for the Rage Against the War Machine protest. It's going to be a bunch of speeches by a bunch of great people. You can find out all about it at RageAgainstTheWarMachine.com. And there are sister rallies, including in L.A. on this Saturday. The Lincoln Memorial is Sunday. But this Saturday, there's one uh, in L.A. You can find out all about that, RageAgainstTheWar.com slash rallies. But the one in uh, D.C., we're going to march from the Lincoln Memorial then to the White House. And there's going to be, I guess, more speakers there or something like that. Uh, anyway, we're going to try to make a thing of it. So, uh, and, and even if you can't come out, you got some friends that live in DC, make sure they know about it or anywhere around there, make sure that they know, pass it around, help it go viral on uh, Facebook and Twitter and whatever you can folks for, uh, so we can really make some kind of impact with this thing. So, all right, great. Always love talking to you, Max. Thank you very much for your time and uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend. Thanks a lot, Scott. All right, you guys, that is the great Max Blumenthal. He wrote a bunch of books, and he is the editor-in-chief of The Gray Zone at thegrayzone.com. All right, y'all, and that has been Anti-War Radio for this morning. I'm your host, Scott Horton. Thanks very much for listening. Find the full interview archive at scotthorton.org. Follow me on Twitter at Scott Horton Show. And I'm here every Thursday from 2.30 to 3 on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. See you this Sunday in D.C. See you here next week.